Good morning from Beirut, Lebanon. This is Mina Now. It's Wednesday, December the 23rd, and this is your morning briefing. Starting off with the main news in Lebanon today and kicking off today's episode with updates on the stalled cabinet formation process, Prime Minister Saad Hariri is feeling hopeful that a government lineup would be reached before Christmas after holding positive talks with President Michel on on Tuesday. Now, the statement by Hariri seems to show high amounts of optimism about breaking this week's-long deadlock before the end of the year, and this meeting appeared to have at least resolved some tensions after there was an eruption of a kind of war of words Uh, last week between On and Haridu, who traded barbs over responsibility for the delay in the formation of the cabinet. And now Haridi also announced that the two will sit down together again on Wednesday and hold consecutive meetings to develop a government formula prior to Christmas on Friday. Updates on the maritime border talks made the news today for the first time in a while as U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo on Tuesday voiced his regret over a stalemate in maritime border talks between Israel and Lebanon and, of course, offered Washington's mediation. Now, the two nations, Lebanon and Israel, uh, remain technically at war and open negotiations in October after quiet U.S. diplomacy uh, seeking to clear the way for offshore oil and gas exploration sought by both. Pompeo added that the U.S. remains ready to mediate constructive discussions and urges both sides to negotiate based on the respective maritime claims previously deposited by both countries at the United Nations. With the latest updates on the coronavirus pandemic, Lebanon registered 17 new coronavirus-related deaths and 1,693 cases on Tuesday, as health experts once again called on the Lebanese people to adhere to preventative measures during the holiday season to avoid a disaster. Among the newly recorded cases, only five were from travelers arriving in Lebanon, bringing the total number of cases to 160,979. And the total number of deaths now stands at 1,311. Head of the Parliamentary Health Committee, Member of Parliament Asim Haraji on Tuesday, warned that if people do not follow protective measures, Lebanon would be facing a healthcare disaster and hospitals will reach their full capacities. Rounding up everything we've talked about in Lebanon today, uh, Lebanon's relaxed restrictions during the holiday season is likely to lead to an increase in cases, uh, especially as expats return to the country and news on the cabinet formation being finalized before Christmas should be taken with a grain of salt as well. It is plausible that it will drag on into the new year in anticipation of a Biden presidency and, of course, as Trump's term comes to an end. On the same note, border talks between Lebanon and Israel will likely face a different approach with, of course, a new U.S. government. Moving on to regional news and the second segment of our episode, the United States slapped fresh sanctions on Syria, targeting its central bank and blacklisting several people and entities 
in its continued effort to cut off funds for President Bashar al-Assad's government. Now, this latest action of building on sanctions imposed on Syria earlier this year marked another round in a U.S. campaign to push Assad's government back into U.N.-led negotiations and to end the country's nearly decade-long war. The U.S. State Department also designated Asma al-Assad, who is actually the British-born wife of the Syrian president, accusing her of impeding efforts for a political resolution to the war and several members of her family. With more on U.S. foreign policy developments, the United States Congress has passed a bill that includes largely restoring Sudan's legal immunity. And this comes days after the country was formally removed from the U.S. list of states sponsoring terrorism. Uh, However, the legislation passed on Monday does include an exemption that allows lawsuits filed by the families of victims of the September 11 attacks already underway in U.S. courts to move forward. The Sudan sections in a massive bill, including a coronavirus stimuli package passed, which includes $150 million for naturalized citizens in the U.S. embassy bombings. It also includes $700 million in economic assistance for Sudan, with $600 million going to a government program supported by the World Bank, known as the Family Support Program, and finally $100 million to U.S. aid for humanitarian assistance in the country. As for economic news in the Middle East, the UAE will likely suffer a deeper economic contraction this year than previously estimated. And this is caused by disruptions in the coronavirus pandemic and lower oil prices. Now, the gross domestic product in the Arab world's second largest economy is estimated to shrink by about 6% in 2020, compared with a previous forecast for a decline of 5.2% the central bank said in its quarterly review on Tuesday. However, the economy is expected to grow by 2.5% in 2021. The outlook is slightly better than forecasts from the International Monetary Fund, which expects a decline of 6.6% this year. The UAE economy last contracted by more than 5% in 2009, according to the fund. Rounding up today's discussion, the region will likely witness significant developments as we approach the new year, especially in relation to the U.S.'s policies in the region. And as the Trump presidency is nearing its end, we can continue to expect more news on the normalization efforts in the region. And with that being said, the current administration will also seek to implement policies towards Iran, whether directly or indirectly. And finally, when it comes to the global COVID pandemic, it will be key to see how regional economies and governments react to the latest vaccine developments. Having said this, we have now reached the end of Mina Now's podcast episode. As always, thank you so much for your time and don't forget to subscribe. I'll be here every morning. This is Mina Now.